0: Today on The Multiply Podcast, we're continuing our conversation about communicating in crisis. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome to The Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared.
1: And my name is David.
0: So glad to be back with you. Best month of the year. Best month of the year, yep. Because my
1: birthday, oh. my birthday is this Sunday. What'd you get me?
0: Well... That's to be determined because we're recording this before your birthday. So usually mm-hmm. I like to take you out for um, for a meal, which is your number one love language. Yeah. Um, this year, I don't know. We'll see what we're going to do. Cause, Sushi. Um, Sushi. Well, are they open? Yeah, there's to, a place open. Okay. Half price,
1: Monday, Wednesdays.
0: All right. Well, half price. That's a win-win for both yep. of
1: us. Secret Garden, Syracuse.
0: Yeah. Actually, today is September
1: 14th, first day for my daughter in middle school. And her first day in public school. Wow. And she is going two days a week to start the year. And so, and tomorrow, actually, uh, we're pre-recording this, but tomorrow my six-year-old is having surgery. So all our listeners can say a prayer for little Maddie. She's having a pretty significant surgery that will land her in the hospital for recovery and therapy for almost a month. So it'll be a challenging season, but it'll be good for her. She has cerebral palsy. It will help reduce the spasticity in her legs. And so, uh, yeah, so we got a, we got a crazy month coming up, but
0: my daughter's birthday.
1: Yeah. Well, you're to, really tomorrow is your like we're recording
0: early. Oh, you're saying yeah on the release date. No, on the release on the release date, okay. Maddie's surgery is. I tomorrow. was wondering. I'm like, you're coming over to my house tomorrow. How are you having <laughs> surgery? So, but no, we're yeah, recording that.
1: this in the end of August. So, so yeah, your daughter's birthday is in the end of August. Yeah, my birthday is not this Sunday, but it's the Sunday after this release. And thing. you
0: should be actually what you're gonna want from me for your birthday after tomorrow, which is my daughter's birthday, is me to make you a birthday cake because. You will eat the birthday cake I make tomorrow. I am officially making the cake this year for my daughter's well, birthday. Well, listen, I, and it's going to be a mermaid cake.
1: Ooh, my my wife is going to be in the hospital
0: during my birthday, so maybe you can make me a birthday. I cake. will. I will see how this one goes, but if it goes well, yeah, I will do that. Although you're not a sweets guy, no.
1: Well, September's here, and it is my it is my favorite month. It's my favorite season. And, Pumpkin uh, spice is out.
0: Yeah, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Man, it's. Everything's happening. Yeah.
1: The leaves are starting to change. Mm. Apple picking. Um, Snow's start, falling. No, no, no. <laughs> Hopefully not. But, yeah. No, it's good, man. That time I, of the I, year. I, lo- I love fall. I hope it's a long fall. I hope winter doesn't come for a while. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm praying for, like, a fall that goes into, like, March this year, if you're down for that as well. And then there's, like... a. No, no. March, it goes into December, mid-December, two weeks to Christmas, and then we're right back into spring. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you're, uh, if you're first time listening, we, uh, this is going to be a part two of a podcast that we started, uh, or a topic we started in the last episode. So we want to encourage you, stop what you're doing right now. Stop. Stop. Stop listening, put that burger down, put that burger down and head back and listen to last episode, in which we launched um, the topic that we're uh we're hitting on today, which is all about communicating in crisis. And so last episode, we we started that off. We shared three thoughts, uh, communicate more than normal, communicate from a place of strength or excuse me, can communicate? communicate more than normal. Number two, communicate intentionally, and number three, communicate from a place of strength. And today, we're going to continue and share our our second three principles with you about how to communicate in crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think it was uh, I mean, as we were just talking last time, it was helpful for me to even think through, um, some of these principles. That one of the things we said is. In our country right now, we're kind of in the midst of it. feels like a a major crisis, but this is not just major crises. These are also micro or minor crises. This can be something as simple as um, dealing with a child who's upset over something or um, any any sort of crisis at any level. These principles are helpful in thinking through how do I communicate in the midst of this. And so um, the first thing that we want to hit on today is the idea of communicating from a place of weakness. So we ended the last one on communicating from a place of strength. Now yeah. this is kind of the the flip side of that. And um, we want to talk about communicating from a place of weakness. Yeah. I think in crisis, people need
1: to know that their leaders feel what they're feeling. Right. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I spoke at a gathering of leaders for Unilever, which is like a big corporation that has a ton of different, um, products underneath him and uh, I forget what had happened that year but something there'd been some natural disaster in the south I don't remember exactly which one it was you know some sort of a tropical storm or hurricane and it had affected um, some of the people in the room and one of the vice presidents of the company was up front talking and when he got to the point where he addressed um, the realities of how they had affected not just their business but their lives he choked up for a moment and he was not a he was not an emotional guy he was he was actually kind of a <laughs> really strong type a bulldozer of a leader and communicator and as soon as he did it the whole environment in the room just shifted it just changed and the people that he was leading saw him as a real person for the first time i think and felt connected to him and i and, and now if you're staging that then that's manipulative but um my sense was that uh, he really got caught in he really got hit in the moment of of what people's lives had been like, right? Yeah. So okay, so you're going through COVID. People are losing their jobs. Um, people in some cases are losing loved ones. Uh, people have um, lost. You know, seniors have lost the last few months of their high school. Athletes have lost their final seasons. You know, so many things are gone. And I think as a leader, if you try to lead from a place of strength exclusively and you never in any way show empathy, mm. sympathy. Um if you don't even just say I get it, this is hard. Like this is a really tough time. Yeah. And if I'm being honest with you, like I'm I'm struggling in some ways myself, right? So you're kind of threading a needle here with strength and weakness, and it really does have to be genuine. You know, so I I I don't want to present it as this is a skill to learn so you can master this so you can mo- motivate or manipulate people. But I just want to say this is a maybe even a character or an a, a emotional IQ, a self awareness issue more than anything.
0: It's something you you can work on being more intentional about displaying for people, right? Yeah. Because that doesn't that's not to say it's not authentic, but sometimes we can think I shouldn't show this part of me or I shouldn't display this to people in the midst of crisis because they're they only need strength. And so I think I think what you're saying is Um, this has to be authentic, but it is also something that you can learn is important to demonstrate and display. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just sort of paying attention to in your communication with
1: people, where are you finding those moments to just kind of let your guard down a little bit, right? Um, I think often it makes sense for it to be towards the end of something, you know, so you're, you're saying here here's what we're doing here's here's what we know you know and and i think um here's here's what we think here's what here's where we're headed and we're going to get there together and i just want you guys to know that like you know i feel the weight of this moment like um, we are we are grieving with those of you who have lost in the season and uh, we want you to know that you're not grieving alone and we're with you we're standing with you in prayer we're standing by ready to serve any practical ways that we can. And just making sure that you you highlight your own humanity really. And it's not that it, it's there, yeah. but you just some leaders are just won't let that guard down. They're too busy trying, I gotta be strong, I gotta be stoic, I gotta be this sort of stuff. And 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 yes, you do need to be strength, strong in some areas, and we talked about that in the last episode. But you gotta be real. People, I think it's Craig Shell says people want to follow a leader who's real more than the, a leader who's right even in some cases
0: yeah yeah i think that's huge and, and like you said this does come down to it's easier for some than others some people are more empathetic naturally than others like i, I you're you're a lot more empathetic naturally than i am so i think for someone like me because um, there's a difference between authenticity and empathy right when you're communicating like authenticity can come across when you're spending time with people relationally, they know you're an authentic person. Like you're a real person, but that doesn't necessarily trans- translate to empathy in your communication during a crisis, which is I feel you guy. Right. I, I can understand what you're going through. I'm good at being authentic. I'm not as good at um, um, demonstrating empathy in communicating. Like that's something I have to be more intentional and think through where I think for you, it probably comes a little more natural you're a feeler, you're a weeper. You weep often. Often and regularly. Easy. <laughs> well, I, I, I like what you're saying. I think there is a definitely
1: a difference between those two. But I think together, that's where the real leadership influence that's is. That's sweet spot. Right. Because if you're an inauth if you're inauthentic and you're showing quote unquote empathy, people are like, This guy's just having a cry because he wants me to feel bad for him or right. he wants me to follow him. And if you're the real deal, but you don't know how to communicate to people that you care, that you genuinely care about them, which is a task of leadership is to care about the people that you're leading and serving, then your authenticity actually ends up in some ways working against you, you know? So it's not just being the real you, it's making sure that the real you knows how to uh, hurt with people and walk with people through things. And in crisis, you know, the gift of, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor. You've done funerals. I've done some terrible, terrible funerals, um, horrible, uh, deaths and, and tragic losses. Um, and you know, just the, um, just the ability to sit with people in those seasons and you don't have to say a lot, you know? Um, but just to walk with them through it and just to remain yeah. present, you know, and that goes back to our first point, which is communicate more than normal. The consistency with which you communicate also communicates a level of, I care, right? A Absolutely. level of, a level of empathy. And that's all communicating from a place of weakness. So you're not a sobby mess every time you communicate, uh, but you are, you know, allowing the people that you're serving and leading to get a look into how, the crisis is actually affecting you as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, so leading from a place of weakness. um, The next thought that we had, this is number five overall, if you've you've listened to uh, both podcasts, is this. Communicating from a place of vision, mission, and values. Communicating from a place of vision, mission, and values. Um, So help us dive into this a little bit, David. What do you mean by that thought? Well, I think crisis
1: management has a way of making organizations forget why they exist,
0: right? Whoa. because that w- I felt like that that was that was good. That should be said again. <laughs> Somebody tweet it. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you read that from? Well, say say it one more time because I think I really do think that was that was really powerful. That was good. Um, I don't know if I'll
1: get it right now. Crisis has a way of c- like crisis management or crisis whatever has a way of uh causing organizations to forget why they exist, yeah, right? So, because the crisis requires a lot of energy and attention and it's acute, you know? Right. And, um, and in a sense that is good leadership. When there's a crisis, you've got to divert stuff there, but it is easy to lose your sense of like, um, wait, is the way that we're addressing this crisis in line with our values? Mm. Um, is this a crisis that's actually an obstacle to our vision and mission or um, can it actually be um, utilized and leveraged to get us closer? You know what I mean? Can it push us forward? So always continuing, don't forget that this is what we're about. So as, so as a local church, when we went through this COVID crisis, and obviously we're still in the middle of it in some ways, and we don't know what the future holds exactly, but our, our, our mission at Trinity is to make disciples, right? We're making disciples for the glory of God and the good of our community. So when we thought, how are we going to address this crisis of not being able to gather instead of just instead of just sort of saying like, well, let's just create as many gathering opportunities as we can, we instead approach it as what should we be offering online and offline to help maintain the mission, advance the mission of making disciples? So it yeah. wasn't enough for us to say, let's just do a high-quality Sunday morning service and leave it at that. Because for us, that's only one disciple-making environment, and we don't believe that one does the job. So we had to ask questions like, who, what What do we need to do in order to make sure people are getting connected individually, getting contacted by church leadership, getting prayed with? Uh, what do we need to offer online so that people can come together and um, pray in larger groups or discuss Sunday sermon? Um, so it's this idea of like, what is our vision? What is our mission? And how do we stay true to those things even in the midst of crisis? Don't let crisis redefine your mission. It, it, it may redirect your energy and resources for a season but vision and mission don't change
0: yeah your strategy can get redirected yes um but if you're not careful like you said and and uh, you know there was conversation with a lot of churches around this happening of um you know you you enter this kind of new digital world and for a lot of churches it was like whoa this is cool i've got i had 300 views on my sermon and i only had 30 people in my church wow maybe this is how I should do everything. And, and that's a conversation you can have, but if you're not careful, we could sacrifice, does this, does this sacrifice my mission, Mm. um, in order to do something that is, that I think is good, or I think is valuable or, um, you know, it seems like it's awesome, or maybe it's this new idea or strategy. And some of those new strategies probably should be adopted long-term by you, but they have to be ran through a filter of, does this accomplish my mission? Yeah, I mean that's a whole nother podcast. Which is like when you come out of
1: crisis, what do you, how do you assess what you did during crisis? You know, yeah. what do you hold on to? What do you let go of? Um, but as far as why an organization, why a church exists, and what it exists to do, um, those things can get evaluated, of course, at different times. And the wording can be. I mean, vi- you know, obviously people redo their vision statements, and mission statements. So I'm not saying that can't happen. But in the midst of crisis, you want to continue to use those as a filter. Yeah, and just keep them in front of your team. Um, and then the values thing is just like you know when we so I think value is important because it reveals not just what we do but how we do and why we we do what we do and why we're doing it the way we're doing it right so when we as a church rolled out our safety plan we could have just said here's the information take it or leave it right but before anybody even saw the details I was talking about three I I said I just want you guys to know here are the three guiding values behind how we put together the safety plan number one we, we start here so we can get there. Communicating. We're committed to the long term. Yeah. Co- communicating. We all want to get there. Everybody wants to get there. We may not agree on how to get
0: there. Yeah. Nobody likes this.
1: Yeah. But we're starting. We're not staying right. here. We're starting here. Right. And I, I said that a lot um and i also used what i just used, what i just said that language we're starting here we're not staying here so kind of sometimes in communicating crisis you got to say what you're saying but also you got to say what you're not saying right um and then our second one was we want best practices not bare minimum so when people are like ah this is actually more than the state's requiring we would say well you know one of our values was best practices not bare minimum we didn't want to just do the bare minimum so we could legally reopen yeah we're committed to keeping everybody as safe as we can and doing what the experts in our community believe um You can disagree with the experts, but ultimately they are the experts in those fields and we're going to follow their advice, you know? Um, And then our third value um, was, what was our third value?
0: Never question your pastor.
1: Never forget your third value. That was our (laughs) third value. Um, I'll think of it in a second. I think I forgot about it in another podcast too. Um, But, uh, you know, we're, we led with those values all the time. Oh, we're motivated by care, not fear. That was actually our our second value. We're motivated by care, not fear. And we said, listen, when we talk about masks and screening and stuff like that, it's it's, it's really not because we're afraid. Christians ultimately are not terrified of even death because what's the worst thing that happens to us? We're with Jesus. Right. But we care about the senior citizens in our church who want to be here. We care about the people with underlying health conditions that need to be here for their spiritual health, their mental health, their emotional health. And so we led with those values, and we talked about them. And then the actual plan, you know, we did one video about it, and we posted it. But what was more important was that people understood our heart.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And your values, values are a lot of way of shape on how you do things and why things are important to you. And and, and communicating those and keeping those in mind when you're communicating is, is really important. It's kind of like a, a rudder steering that ship because otherwise you can – you can start to chase stuff and go down roads that you never thought you'd go down because you weren't keeping those things in mind, and and so I just think they're good, like you know, to use that bolt to use the bowling analogy, like those are good bumpers to, to keep that ball going down the lane. And I know you're not a great bowler, so you need those in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I, I, I think those are really really important in um, in communicating in the midst of crisis is remembering your vision remembering your mission and, and of course your core values and allowing those to dictate how you communicate and what you communicate. Um, the last thought we want to share with you guys is uh, communicate gratitude. Communicate gratitude. Now, this is, um, this is I think, something that's very important in, all the time, but, but in the midst of crisis, it's very important because typically in the midst of crisis, you've got people who are Um, really uh, stepping up in leadership roles, stepping up in big ways, going kind of above and beyond. Going outside of their normal responsibilities. Right. So share with us a little bit your thoughts on this idea of communicating gratitude.
1: I mean, I think you just like you need to communicate more than normal, you need to say thank you more than normal. And I think whatever that looks like, so our pastoral staff recently in our staff meetings has begun setting aside time to handwrite thank you notes to people who have returned and are serving. And we just want them to know, hey, we see what you're doing. We know there's a 100 reasons not to serve right now, and but we're thankful that you are and we're grateful. And, you know, we don't do that to get anything from them. We just do that because we are genuinely grateful. But I think, you know, communicating gratitude to your team, who in many cases during crisis is working extra hard or, as I said, working outside of their normal area of expertise or focus. And that happened, you know, at, uh, at our church. You know, everyone on our team stepped up and took on responsibilities that they normally would have, no, they would never have to do. But crisis creates that reality. There's new things that have to get done. And so I think um, being able to communicate that gratitude verbally in writing, uh, when you have the opportunity, we we did a dinner just to have some of our church leadership together in the midst of it all, once it was safe to do so, just to say, hey, we see, we're we just so thankful for your leadership in this season. And I don't, you know, I really don't think a leader can ever say thank you too much to the people around them, but especially yeah. in crisis, because here's what happens in crisis. You get so focused on the things that aren't good, you forget to celebrate the things that really still are good. And I think in crisis, right. it's, you gotta be really intentional in the midst of crisis
0: to, to publicly celebrate anything that's good, yeah, there's so many levels and reasons why that matters. I think you hit on a bunch of them, and I, I was thinking about one of the ideas that it, it it encourages other people to step up and lead during crisis, mm. you know because uh, what you celebrate is what matters, and so so I think there's something powerful when people who in the midst of crisis can um, instinctively shrink. And kind of step away and go, okay, uh, this is a time that I got to go back. When they see you celebrate people that are not doing that, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. You know what? Maybe I can step up. Maybe I can be encouraged to move into a place of leadership or service or whatever. Um, so I think that, that, that's a big deal, getting to see that and inspiring, um, inspiring people. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that um, it's good for your own heart as a leader too.
1: You forget in crisis how many wonderful blessings you still have in your life and, and as a pastor how faithful God is and how good God is and and the habit of gratitude, um, and you could even, you know, some of us don't default to that. I'm not a verbal affirmer. It's not my default. Oh, trust me, I know. You know that. And, uh, but I am grateful. You know, I just don't always think to say it. Um, you you know you may have to be as intentional as putting something in your daily calendar like show yeah. cho- choose somebody and send them a text of gratitude um and, and i did a you know during crisis um my community you know i said communicate more than normal that was point number 1 in the last episode i didn't say this then i'll say it now that's not just broad communication that's communicating to individuals yeah i way stepped up my communication with individuals, specifically because of the nature of COVID when it first came out, I did a lot more interaction with our senior citizens, checking in, phone calls. I felt like they were obviously an audio, uh, sort of a demographic that I wanted to make sure I was in the yeah. loop with how they were doing. But even specific men that I'm discipling, some young families that were newer to the church, that there's a real risk of like in this season them just kind of like getting disconnected. And you know, I just was intentional in saying like, you know, I I want to make sure that I'm in being you know, um, being available to them. And right. in the case of those that are, you know, on the team serving so much, it's so important that we just take the time to say thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not great at this either. And I, I do think it's, it's really important and, it, and it's motivating for so many people. So many people are encouraged by it. And so, um, it really, it really does make a massive difference. And I think it's a, like another element of it that we, we didn't really hit on is the idea that it it's a culture creator, mm. you know, creating a culture of honor is such an important, uh, such an important thing to do in your organization or your church or wherever you're leading. And so if you're not doing that more than anybody else, then that's probably a mistake. Like as a leader, as the primary leader, we should be at the forefront of trying to create that culture of honor and gratitude and thankfulness and, and um and i think you kind of touched on this but the idea that this goes hand in hand with like humility mm-hmm. i think the more humble that we are the more grateful that we are because we realize oh my gosh like i couldn't do this without all these people this this thing does not rise and fall on me i'm a part of it but my goodness like i'd have no chance if it wasn't for this person and this person but if you don't have that humility if you're not <laughs> if if you're not daily coming back to that place of like wow i'm nothing i need you god i need these people around me I think it's a lot harder to see and be grateful and honor the people that are around us.
1: And if you can't feel that in the midst of crisis, you're never going to feel it, you know, in the sense that, like, you yeah. should be more grateful than ever for the other people who have kind of joined the effort and linked arms up, you know, and you really should feel it in crisis. But but crisis does have a way of so overwhelming us that we can't see those things, yeah. you know. And if we lead an organization through crisis and there's, you know— unchecked pride in our heart instead of being grateful to others we're going to be like i hope people noticed how good of a leader i am you know and so i think that gratitude also has a way of keeping you humble but also protecting your own heart from arrogance and
0: pride yeah absolutely well i hope this uh, podcast was beneficial to you guys this was part two that we did and just want to rehash if you uh If you missed part one, please go back, check that out. It's it's worthwhile listening to. Um, We talked about six kind of elements of communicating in crisis. The first one being communicate more than normal. Number two, communicate intentionally. Number three, communicate from a place of strength. Number four, communicate from a place of weakness. Number five, communicate from a place of vision, mission, and values. And number six, communicate gratitude. So we hope you do that more and more and encourage you to do that. Now, we're going to end our podcast with a little portion we like to do called David's Eats, where we not only help make better leaders, but also better eaters. And in lieu of uh, David's birthday, Mm. uh, I'm interested to hear from you, David. What is your ideal birthday meal? Now, this birthday will be a little weird for you because your wife will not be as present as your daughter's having surgery. So I will have to step into this role in providing you your birthday meal. So what should I be prepared for? What's your ideal, like, if you could have any birthday yeah. meal? And it, make it realistic. It can't be sure. like, you know, you're flying to Dubai to have some sort of random thing. But what what would be your birthday meal? <laughs> oh, boy. Now what am I going to say? You picked it. <laughs> I knew you loved going to Dubai for your birthday um, meals. I think, uh, for sure, a Korean meal. Um, okay, I'm out. I'm not able to help you with that. But I know your mom. Yeah,
1: but well, you can buy it for me. You don't right, have to make that's, it. For that's me. true. Um, I love, I love just, I love Korean food. Spicy squid dish uh, with all the side dishes and um, some noodles, and then, but I, re- I really like it as a, almost like an appetizer, like just some sushi. So sort of a Japanese Korean
0: meal, little sushi as a little palate, a uh, little wake up the palate sushi. Yep. What and are we then, what are we talking sushi here? Are we doing a spicy tuna? What are we doing? I mean, I
1: can just eat the sashimi stuff. I don't need the rice. Okay. I don't need all that the roll stuff. I mean, I like the rolls, don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. plenty happy just eating raw salmon, raw tuna. Yeah. You know, yellowtail, um even the stronger stuff. Um I like and then and then just man, some good Korean food. And that'll that'll be a happy boy. I'll be a happy boy. Any dessert for you? Are we doing a cake, a pie, ice cream? You got to leave the Asian cuisines if you want a good dessert. (laughs) They put like, I don't know why they put red bean paste in their dessert. It doesn't make any sense to me. I do
0: like a green tea ice cream, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, their mochi ice cream is good, too. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you doing on your birthdays? Do you, are you, I know you're not a sweets guy, but are you, do you do cake,
1: pie, I
0: mean, I'm a pie over cake
1: guy. Yeah. I like um, I like stuff that's both salty and sweet. So I like pecan pie. I like okay. um, I like uh, tres leches cake. That's probably my favorite cake. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So interesting. Yeah, but who knows what this year will look like? Probably me uh, and my two older daughters just crying in a corner, missing Burger King, missing Aaron.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eating fries. Listen, I'll be there for you. We'll, we'll take care of this year. We'll let everybody know how your birthday goes on the next podcast. We'll we'll do a little. A little update so you can hear what actually he had for his birthday meal so mm. um hey everybody thanks for listening to the multiply podcast we appreciate you being with us feel free to check out a uh, a brand somewhat brand new podcast that i launched called the uh, better student ministries podcast if you're interested in youth ministry we talk all about practical tips for youth ministry so you can check that out on youtube soundcloud itunes all that appreciate you guys we'll see you next time